and welcome back to yet another edition of Kent and the Steering Team for yet another week. 152 is the episode count for those playing along at home. As always, you are joined by me, Drew, Bianca, but no Kent. Unfortunately, he is actually present, but just on mute with audio. Anyway, on with the show. Teemoth, how are we? We are good. Goodeth. Goodeth. Excellent. Fantastic. Glad to hear. Glad to hear. Do you think people uh, just spoke like that back in the day because they all had lisps? Well, there's that rumour or the, the Mandela effect out of Spain about that's why things are like Horeth and Barcelona. Because apparently the king had a lisp. I don't think that's true, but, you know, that's a, a theory as to why everyone spoke like that. Um, like that? Like this. Spain. Spain. Drugs. Ru- instead of saying rugs, for example, you'd say drugs. 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on with the show, on this edition of the show, don't worry about that, Bianca. Um, we have for you some exciting topics, exciting um excitingly good and terrifying at the same time we have um donald trump's recent interview with axio is it pronounced axio i'd say axios. it is it's pronounced axios because it's a-x-i-o-s um it was an hbo reporter. an hbo special yeah exactly done with australian jonathan swan talking to donald trump yep fantastic insightful in, uh, interview into the the way the mind of donald trump operates um as well as the beirut explosion um the tragic explosion which has caused over 50 people to be killed that was the initial reporting but obviously that number has grown vastly no doubt Um, i would imagine that and a thousand over a thousand into there you go four thousand yeah well there you go so well i was right i said over a thousand so come on (laughs) in the ballpark technically right yeah, Te- yeah, technically right. A ballpark somewhere. Um, and then, if we have time, we also have some um, interesting reporting on Ellen DeGeneres and whether or not the Ellen DeGeneres show will be cancelled because she is a, a allegedly a steaming pile of shit as a um, human being outside of the celebrity world. Anyway, on with the show, uh, team. Where should we begin? Should we begin with Trump, or should we get to the the sad kind of shocking news first? Um, maybe we should go with the sad news first because we don't know much on it and we tend to ramble. Um, okay, let's go to the shocking. Let's go to the shocking news first. Breaking news. So it is um, very breaking news. It's um, explosive, literally. Ah, uh, Bianca, that's wow. so. Uh, that's just not okay. You can't say it's that. Just insensitive. <laughs> I make one pun in all the shows episodes I've been on. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's yeah. enough to do it, though. Um, uh, no, you, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, I think it was on Monday night for me, or Monday afternoon for me, or... Yeah, it was Monday for me. Um, there was an enormous explosion in Beirut, um, which at the uh, very early on we knew nothing about it and why it happened, and it looked very much like um, a mushroom cloud and therefore a, a form of you know atomic bomb of some kind it, it looked so reminiscent of um the little boy over hiroshima um as it turns out though we've learned that it was one fifth the um the the impact of what the little boy was over hiroshima um but it we later found out it was a chemical explosion um in beirut port or the port of beirut and it has caused enormous injury um huge death toll and uh just catastrophic damage across the entirety of the city mm. bianca do you have further details on that uh yeah so it was an um, um, i can never say this word ammonium nitrate uh that was went off it was being stored incorrectly in silos off the port so that's that's a major hub that port where um, people go in and out of Lebanon and into other countries. Like, I I think they have their ferries and stuff leave there, but not tourist ferries and all that, like, transport goods Mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, So they've obviously seized things that have come into the country and probably have been dodgy, and they've put it all in this warehouse, not correctly. 
I'm there's mm. it, there's nothing that I can find that actually says what caused the spark, um, but it's we we believe it's an accident at the moment. Yeah, though. it's it's it looks like an accident. None of the major terrorist groups have come out to claim it. Um, it just seems to be a misfortunate accident. I think the from the footage, it looked like something was on fire first. So it could have been yeah. that maybe there was a fire and then something hit something that was flammable. Um, but there's very little new, there's very little information so far. And now, I, I mean, obviously, there's there's strangely enough um, montages of or compilations of, of footage of the blast and, and, and the explosion that went off. It's, it's totally crazy. One of the bits of footage that I did see was of someone essentially standing right next to the, um, the, the you know, the, you know the, there was the, pre, the pre-blast and the, the, well, the, the fire that was going on beforehand. And, um, you know, you get to see right up close. And, and it was interesting because it, it almost looked like it was fireworks going off within it. You know, you could see sparking and, and flickering of fire and, and light happening within the the um, initial fire and then suddenly it goes off and then we see that the footage from further out where you see the 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 blast radius and the um basically the the, the disruption of the air around it or it, it looks almost like something breaking through the, the sound barrier in the way that it it creates that kind of dissipation of the air and then disrupts the clouds and all that um but yeah this footage from right up close right at the base of the explosion on basically the rooftop of one of the buildings literally overlooking the, the site. It's just unbelievable. Like, I cannot believe that, that footage. Um, and some of Is the that footage... the one where the dude flies backwards? Well, it's one of the ones where the guy, guy flies backwards because there's also the footage from the rooftop of a high-rise um, not too far from it. There's also the footage from inside of a car and the guy looking at it, kind of holding his camera out the right-hand window of the car and then suddenly it goes off and, and the car just gets totally destroyed or, or totaled around him. You know, it... It, it's unbelievable to see the the impact and the damage it's caused to um, inanimate objects, um, you know, to buildings, to windows. There's also that aftermath footage inside the newly the new build construction, um, where you know, freshly put in um, plaster roof, plasterboard roofs and stuff has been destroyed and collapsed, and the the window frames are buckled in, and there's just a mess everywhere. Um, it's crazy to think of the toll that it's taken on on objects and buildings and stuff like that. You know, you can only imagine the impact on people. You've seen mm-hmm. the injuries and the, the shocking footage of people covered in blood and just in, in, in total agony and, and, and the destruction of it to, to people. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people have lost their hearing as a result of that because that blast was enormous. Um, and again, you think of the, the, the toll it will take on a body to have that kind of force go through if it can do that to buildings. I mean, it's just... Uh, it's shocking. I cannot believe that that's happened, and it's just such a. Oh, I, my heart goes out to everyone because what a what a, a frightening, terrifying experience, and to have no idea what's going on at first, and you kind of, you you get to ter- come to terms with the fact afterwards that it wasn't a terrorist or, or um an act of war, uh, incident. It was an accident, but it doesn't change it. I mean, you just, be shocked from it. As um terrible as it sounds it's somewhat humanizing in all of this crazy crap that's happened this year that it was an accident if you think about it Mm. and and, and not even just this year since the beginning of the decade and the amount of terrorist attacks and missing planes and all that stuff that we've had that this was simply a terrifying accident like it's not even a weather thing it's not because of, I mean, I, I mm. count our bushfires this year as negligence on behalf of our government. I don't know if anyone else does. Oh, I agree I mean. completely. Yeah. So, but the fact that, I mean, this may even come down to negligence too in regards to how it was stored. But it's just somewhat, like, it's just so random that it happened. And, and the footage looked fake to me. Like, when I first saw it, it was like, one o'clock in the morning, I was about to go to bed and I was just, I, I flicked through the, my phone before mm. I go to bed. 
and I saw the footage and I was just like that. I thought it was from a movie at first. And then I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh my God, this is actually, that wasn't just a random bit of footage. That was a bomb going off. That was crazy. Like that was explosion. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, but it's, it, it's just very odd. And what I found crazier is that, uh, our good friends at channel nine news who are a bit of pot stirrers favorite,ly but truth worryingly have come across the fact that there's silos of ammonium nitrate being stored in Newcastle, um, not too far away from where a lot of people live. And it's a lot more ammonium nitrate than was stored in the ports at Beirut. It's yeah. about, oh, I think they said two or three times more. Jeez. Well, and it's basically enough to level Newcastle. Well, well, again, I mean, if, if I look at this, I've got the, an article from the ABC open, um, and it says that the deadly Beirut blast that killed more than 100 people um, has driven fresh calls for a large ammonium nitrate stockpile and plant in Newcastle storing up to four times Jeez. the amount reportedly donated oh, by the... In, 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 yeah, in the last, oh, the last located. Um, to be reloc- relocated away from residences. So the... Um, Lebanon's interior minister basically said that there was 2,750 tons of ammonium nitrate that was in the Beirut blast. Newcastle stockpile has between 6,000 and 12,000 tons of the stuff. No. Um, That's a massive difference to not... Like, 6,000 yeah. to 12,000 is a massive <laughs> Well, I mean, gap. that alone is like three times the that's blast. A, in that, that is a wide margin. Effect. Exactly, that yeah, margin that, is yeah, three times a, the amount of the, the blast of, of Lebanon's attack. Um, or, 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 or blast, I should say. Um, the plant is within 800 metres of North Stockton residences. Uh, oh, and is, is within three kilometres of the Newcastle blast. Um, but Orica does say that the safe storage of the chemical is strictly, strictly regulated and audited. I'm, so sure the, that, I'm sure the one at Beirut was as well. Well, see, what was what's interesting, so I've been reading that the, the one that was in Beirut was, um, yeah, it was seized goods. So it was being stored, but but not by professionals. It was being stored as seized goods, basically. Yeah, so it must have come across with the wrong papers or something. Yeah. yeah. And then they just stored it like, like we do with all illegal goods. They just put it in a warehouse somewhere. Which is worrying to think about that there's probably like a warehouse in Australia and in Sydney mm-hmm. with like every illegal thing that you could think of that's probably ill stored because it's just stored as random objects rather than as you make it sound like possibly the possibly you make it sound like the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. <laughs> well, I I'm assuming that this is what it would be it, like. It, it would kind of be like that. I, I I've. I've seen enough like warehouses how they're stacked when it's just random objects and that what else are they going to do? They don't know what they're dealing with. They mm. just know that it's illegal. Yeah. Um what what so, I was just I was just having a thought about it because I'm, I'm looking at an image of, of the bomb blast, you know, with the red um smoke that that got emitted from the explosion. Um and I'm, the image that I'm looking at is showing the shockwave blast going out across the sea as well. Now, one thing that's interesting about the sea is that you could be on the other side of a pool and someone could be tapping the, the edge of the, the metal ladder or something like that into the pool, and you'll hear that clicking noise from the other side of the pool because sound, what sound is tra- is transmitted underwater travels much further than what it would above above the water because um, there's nothing to slow down that, that, that sound. If there was someone scuba diving in the next bay... If there were fish around, every single one would have been either killed, yeah. deafened, completely damaged, as in you know physically just crushed by the the um, the, the shockwaves. But you know, I, I mean, you think of the the damage that was done on land. I mean, I'm just thinking about the damage that would have been done on the in in the water because the 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 land or the dock where the the warehouse was doesn't exist anymore it is now in the sea this thing created a crater so you can just think of the damage that would have been done in the sea as well like it's just unbelievable um t- 
to I think Drew you said or, or Bianca said um, that it was it, it looked like you know a game or it looked like a movie or something like that it looked fake um, it did I mean again there was the footage from someone on the rooftop um, several you know, I guess a kilometer away on on, on a high rise mm. looking down at the the blast and and they dived back as the shockwave hit them and it blew everything around them apart and then they got up and looked back at it and all you could see was this menacing kind of evil you know, mile-high red cloud billowing up into the sky. Um, just shocking, and then the alarms start to go off. But there's that moment of just total evilness of an explosion like that. It's just just unbelievable. So the thing that I can't get over about it, and this, this is making it feel a lot more relative, a lot more close to home, is that the, the blast, the radius of broken windows and and mm. just the the impact was around the 30 kilometer mark the, the 30 kilometers mm. from it windows were <clears throat> blowing out to put that in terms people here in sydney would understand from sydney cbd to let's say Parramatta is 25 mm-hmm. kilometers that means if something like this happened in our cbd it'd be blowing windows out all the way to Parramatta and beyond like yeah absolutely I'm not sure how well people are grasping the concept that this is actually it's not just a a minor thing that's contained to the city that it's affected well outside of that city area that it has had a massive impact and you were you were saying that the it could be felt from Cyprus Mm. or felt or heard 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 like, heard from cyprus like that's phenomenal it's 200 kilometers away i think it was that's wow jeez um yeah I'm, i was just watching a video where someone's recording from their car um and they they're driving past and it's like someone's recording and literally all of their windows just explode their airbags go off like while they're recording this because they don't see the mushroom cloud hit they just see an explosion of glass and it's quite yeah yeah, that that would be frightening imagine just driving along and then everything explodes around you that would be terrifying i can't imagine it i cannot imagine it like i'm trying to but i just can't like what what a what a shocking kind of what a shocking position to be in so question, what do you think they should do with the ammonium nitrate in Sydney? In, in Newcastle, sorry. I, I, I think it should be moved further away from residences, but at the same time, I mean, if it... Because who knows when something could go wrong? That's the issue. No one knows. I mean, no one plan, plans for that. It's a bit like that, that explosion that went off a couple of years ago. Was it, was it in Waco? In Texas, I know that Waco's had other issues, yeah. but it was in Waco, yeah, it was Waco. And, and that explosion was yeah. enormous. It wiped out people's houses all throughout the town, and this stuff was still being stored out on a farm on its own. So you can just imagine the damage that you know this this Newcastle storage facility would cause to Newcastle um, and Stockton around it, and and I guess Port Stephens as well. Um, yeah, Hunter I think Valley. it should be moved. I think it should be moved further away. Uh, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be stored that close to, to people. I know that it is a port. It's a regular, um, a, a high traffic port, but it doesn't matter. Find somewhere else that doesn't have people nearby, basically. And also, mate, Newcastle's very high traffic. Absolutely, it is. It's such a hub. And they should also, yeah. in all countries, make proper uh, safety procedures when you do come in contact with these dangerous goods because whatever Mm. i I would i'd like to think that the australian government is making sure that it is is a well-regulated um authority um and that this stuff is being maintained and and checked regularly and audited regularly and they say they do but i they should do more seriously what what worries me and i didn't know it until you said it but that giant margin of number like they're like that giant not margin of number, it's between 60, that, 6 to 12,000 12, tons. And it's not like 
it's not it's like six to twelve thousand it's six to twelve thousand tons there's a lot more numbers in between that than it could be well, well there's a lot yeah, of zeros well, well, like, there. but again then like i mean you think of the 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 beirut one was two thousand seven hundred fifty this is two times this 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 fluctuation is two times that number if it was just two thousand tons it's three times that 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 number that you know the margin is yeah the margin is 3, imagine two of these three going t- two times, additional sorry. of these yeah imagine two of these going off as the margin like that's not feasible but you know yeah no we 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 wouldn't in sydney would definitely do more than feel it i feel like yeah ab- absolutely um yeah well well that that's what we know so far about the beirut um explosion um i guess we do know that it's over over 100 people that have been killed by it at least 4,000 people that have been in, injured by it, many pets that have gone missing and, and thankfully are being found again um there is a lovely story of that coming out of beirut as well um as you said bianca mm-hmm. people you'd let us know that off air i think of people rallying together to, to find a woman's pet which i think is lovely well, yeah the- it's happening a lot where people are posting on like socials and stuff of I found this pet and I'm missing this pet and they're reuniting a lot of pet owners because uh, obviously when the explosion hit, the animals ran. So, Absolutely, they would. Um, um, but that, that I, 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 I hate these stories. Like I hated the fires. I hated all of the hurricanes and all that, but the good deeds that come out of it are heartwarming and just a reminder that humanity does exist somewhere deep within us <laughs> somehow somewhere somewhere um team should we move it to the um something the a little bit more Speak- yeah, yeah yeah speaking of humanity speaking of humanity <laughs> speaking of joy in the world and also death in the world donald trump ladies and gentlemen <laughs> donald trump Donald Trump had an interview with Jonathan Swan. Jonathan Swan, yeah. Yes, I remembered names. Um, not not their first interview no, either. No, it's not their first interview. Uh, this is for Axios on HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, Bianca, you made an interesting comment to me when we were watching this off air. Um, how? Which one? <laughs> well, the, the one the one that I liked that I thought was funny was that you, you said. Isn't it interesting that we go to HBO now for our hard-hitting news, um, both with both with <laughs> yeah, both with Axios and then also um, last week tonight with John Oliver? Isn't it interesting? Do you, do you think Trump considers this interview fake news? Yeah, because it's not painting him like he's the best person on the planet. His own interview. Yeah. yeah. I because there's no way of editing it. The way it's shot, you couldn't. <laughs> well, well, actually, Bianca, before well, you go, it's, it's, well, well, it's, it's interesting. So, so Kevin Rudd put up a, um, a side-by-side comparison. Um, it's going to find it. Now yeah. it was, it was showing a side-by-side. It was, it was basically Jonathan Swan and his interview. Um, basically it, it was a side-by-side interview between, um, or, or footage of, of this interview, um, Jonathan mm. Swan. And then also, it was showing um, a News Corp interview, Australian-based News Corp interview um, with uh, uh, Donald Trump. It was with um, a Murdoch-paid, as Donald, uh, as Kevin Rudd would put it, Murdoch-paid jester, Paul Murray, in fact. And what's interesting between the two yep. interviews is that so um, Jonathan Swan's one's hard-hitting and actually being very honest and and not trying to. Mm. There's no bias. In, in his in his interviewing or his reporting, as in there's no bias to either side. He's not kind of um, pandering to Trump and being like, you're doing a wonderful job in everything that you do. He's also not kind of going against him and, and just trying to... We'll, we'll get down. into that in a minute, actually. Um, in, into that. Well, well, interview well, then techniques this, were amazing. For sure. Well, then mm. again, it's showing um, snippets of Paul Murray's interview and Paul Murray is standing there smiling with a microphone with Trump and saying, Mr. Trump, look, do you have anything wonderful to say to your your loyal supporters in Australia. Hey, um, tell me all about how much fun you're having and what sort of adventures you're going on and stuff. It's like, what relevance oh, is any of this horse shit? How is any of this relevant? That's, what kind of interview is this? That's like, 
that's the sort of interview you expect on entertainment exactly tonight. it's bullshit it is basically pandering to someone and it is a joke because it doesn't achieve anything uh, but paint them in a good light and you could paint anyone in a good light if you're just pandering towards them and talking about complete rubbish like that but that's fake oh, look, news Hitler that was an amazing art, art artist you could say yeah. that like you yeah. can say anything nice about anyone but that's Precisely. not the truth you know it's funny i was thinking bianca of hitler in mind when i was like you could make anyone look good because you could make anyone look good absolutely you could i mean you could turn around and and and, and um uh, and you could could look at completely out of context things that hitler did as well you could look at the fact that hitler did a wonderful job in making germany um a, a great economy again it brought manufacturing mm. um back to germany it brought Germany into the industrial he world. He brought jobs. Made jobs. It made the autobahn. He yeah. did great things for the he economy. He gave them a sense of um, uh, pride at one stage because they a great pride had infrastructure. Yeah. You know, he did wonderful things. He did yeah. also cause made the, Germany great. He made again. Germany great again. He did cause the death of, of millions of Jews, but he made Germany great again. Yeah. Um, and in one some of the way. most devastating wars of the world. More well, deaths yeah. in World War Two than any other war in the world. And there you go. See, see, but Donald Trump, if it was Hitler, would be like, "Well, that's fake news. You're not reporting on how good I am making America." It's like, yeah, but and, it's, it, you you can't yeah. take the good without the bad. You can't take the bad without the good, because both exist. The tr- uh, Trump doesn't have world wars. He just has the China virus. Exactly. But he yes. still somehow calls himself a wartime president. So you know. Oh. Um. Um, can, can, can we go back to, um, because we briefly touched on it a second ago, how good the interviewing technique was and how he really wasn't biased one way or the other. He just wanted to get direct facts and direct quotes. And, and he even said it I, a few yeah, times. And, and, like he and, congratulated t- Trump, not congratulated, but he said... He acknowledged that Trump did have a good turnout to I, something, or I love that. The, I loved and, it the and, most. I, I did love that the most. Yeah, I I like that he he goes he goes. Look, I'm not, I'm not questioning any of this. I've spoken to your people. They love mm. you. Like like he he really wanted to stress it. He's like I'm basically going like I'm not saying you're the villain or no. any of that. Like this isn't a personality piece. This is. What is your response to A, B, C, and D? How are you looking to deal with that? Do you have a time frame for mm. these things? Basically trying to get Trump to not give a vague answer for once in an interview. Yeah, he, he, just he definitely pushed him. Um, he pushed him by almost buttering him up by, by giving him the, 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 um, mm. the service of complimenting him or acknowledging what he is doing right. And then saying, but explain this other part. So we can acknowledge one thing, acknowledge the other part. It, yeah. and, and that's what people... It, it felt... Uh, well, that's what I find is missing from a lot of other interviews and why Trump kind of goes into re- yeah. being a recluse and doesn't give any sort of answer whatsoever. And it wouldn't necessarily just be on, a, on attack and then come out and say it was fake news. Is he, is he, he doesn't yeah. ever get get Did, the, re- the respect he deserves in, te- in, the, in terms of yeah. being the president and what has he done. And that's what he's done here, which is... Did you... Did you feel like Trump was enjoying... Because it, it was like a debate, almost. And mm. I felt, watching it, like I was obviously laughing my head off throughout a lot of it and finding it really interesting. But I felt like Trump was enjoying the debate of it. And I don't think he he took anything personally or felt upset. I, I think he was sort of relishing in the intensity of it. enjoyed the conversation of it. It was a good conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and the way they ended it, I, I, because, you know, the camera lingers after they ended, and I thought, oh, it, it is ending quite well. Like, they've entered into this, they've had their thing, and they've snapped back at the end. I, I really liked the way that was handled. Um, I think that Trump was... I think it wasn't just the fact that he was genuinely enjoying the debate, because I, I, I agree with you, Drew, I think he was. I think it's back to that thing that Jonathan wasn't completely trashing him. Yeah. He was acknowledging yeah. the good and the bad. Um, yeah. And I think that Trump can work as long as someone's praising him in the slightest bit. And you don't need to really praise him at all. You just have to acknowledge, yeah, you're right. And he'll take that 
it'll go straight to his head and he'll continue the conversation because he just gets these little crumbs. And it's a, I I think that's a great example of unbiased media uh, because even though... He he knew how to work him. Yeah. Yeah. But like, even though it seems that he is criticizing Trump a lot, he's not doing it in a way that attacks Trump as a person. It attracts... yeah, yeah, it goes after Trump and his policies, which is what it should be about. Trump as a person is a dick too, but it was a pr- presidential interview and he treated it presidentially. Yeah. If that makes exactly. sense. Exactly. And it was... I liked the fact that he kept it about the facts. It, it, it was the sign of a very good um, investigative journalist that he was there for the facts And that he brought it back to that every time. And when he felt like Trump was going on a tangent that wasn't to do with it, he he would politely go, look, no, this is what I mean by it. He also knew when to when to stay silent and to let Trump just finish his train of thought and and then wind it back. He he also rolled with the punches quite well with how it, it changed direction a few times. Well, Drew, but, but, but Drew, what, what I, again, comparing it to something like Paul Murray, I think that yeah. Jonathan Swan did a great job of being able to not be starstruck or not be awestruck and, and um, have a very, very human conversation with someone who is a very polarizing, enormous world figure. Um, someone like Paul Murray, though, had nothing challenging, nothing of any interest whatsoever. It was basically like it, it was basically like if if he was walking along the footpath and um, suddenly saw Donald Trump and would be like, oh, "Oh, hey, Donald, how are you?" That that's what Paul Murray's interview was. This yeah. one was very, very hard hitting. And again, as you said, Drew, there was back and forth. There was there was retorts after retort, but then there was also kind of like to your point, and and he had his questions, but he also then allowed yeah. Trump to veer it, and he'd try and bring it back when it was relevant, or he'd, or if Trump would bring up an additional point, he'd then say, "Okay, well, let's push this topic one more question, then, and then we'll bring it back to where we were going." You know, he controlled he, the situation um, with Trump well. He didn't pander either. Yeah, no, he didn't not at all. At all, try to say to Trump that you know, you know, you're you're well. Basically, he didn't kiss ass, but then he also didn't. Um, insult him, which I thought was a great little well, a couple, thing. A couple, um, of, a couple of quotes that I've got. I think. I think. I mean, again, it's we talk about that and the fact that he did give Trump the time to kind of say what he had to say, despite the fact that a lot of it was incoherent rambling, which I think is just more prevalent in this interview, seeing as Jonathan was so well spoken and so so he, able to stay on of, top of it. He kind of. At moments, he gave him enough rope, and then yeah. Well, I mean, if like, and, look and at, then he brought it right well, back. We'll look at this one again. So here's an example of Trump trying to bash the Obama administration, which was in power four years ago, um, and therefore not relevant to this thing whatsoever. I, Trump I said did we didn't have a test when I came into office. Out. Yeah, he, he Trump said we didn't have a test when I came into office. There wasn't a test. <laughs> to which Jonathan said, "Why would there be a test? The virus didn't exist." Um, I wrote that down too. Because <laughs> it's a brilliant point. Because it's like, what the fuck are you talking about, you fool? Why are you bringing that shit up? Like, we know what you're trying to do. You're deflecting away from the fact that your government wasn't prepared. That's fine. No government was prepared. It's just that some then reacted better. Taiwan shut their borders straight away. Um, yep. If you look at uh, the fact that Italy got hit so hard, but other European countries like Germany did a better job. Um, New Zealand shut its borders straight away because they could. Um, they and got on top of Korea's things better. They got onto testing. testing faster and they got onto isolation faster. The US didn't, yep. but instead Trump's deflecting. Um, another quote here. Yes, go on. I was going to say, I'd like to bring up how you said facts. Uh, and just the, the fact, and I, I was watching it with you, Phil, and I had to pause to say, in the first three minutes and 27 seconds, he mm. lied more times. And it was, it was just Wait and bang, 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 lies. And it wasn't even tried to cover them up. They were lies because they basically disputed everything he said in the past, his quotes in the past. Mm. Um, he lied about him trying to 
closed the borders in January. That never happened. Um, he said he tried to close the borders to China in January. That never happened. He said that um, he closed the borders to Europe. That never happened. And I think they're trying, well, that happened briefly, but I think they're trying to uh, pull tourism back now with with Europe he, because he, he did shut no one the border knows why. to Europe. But but it was too late. It was too late, Drew. But not only was it too late. Oh yeah. But we're now at a point where Europe's closed its borders to the U.S. and has made it not possible to fly to the U.S. But Trump, yeah. which the borders are now opening again, is saying no, no, we've got the borders closed to to Europe, which isn't true at all. That's incorrect now. Um, getting to the point where he looked at you know that that the, the famous part. Where there's now been a fantastic kind of spoof footage of um, someone has mirrored the image the and papers. put Trump on. Yeah, Trump's someone's put Trump on both sides of the interview, um, both the interviewee and interviewer. It basically looked like a conversation between two Trumps. So at one point, Trump got a bunch of papers out which had charts on them, very childish-looking charts, big numbers, big blocks. Um, very easy. Um, it got to the point where Trump said, uh, "If you look here, if you look at this." We're lower than the world. We're lower than Europe. To which Jonathan very confusingly just looked at Trump and said, "Lower than the world," um, and then and then uh, and then Jonathan retorted again with, "Oh, you're going by by proportion of cases. I'm going by proportion of population." To which yeah, because he he took the slip of paper because he he couldn't understand. Yeah, couldn't understand what the he hell took, he was talking he about. Takes thirty seconds to read through it. And then realizes, oh, okay, that's what your chart is. And and so basically, then so so when when which I mean is obvious. Why the fuck would you compare it to proportion of cases versus so deaths versus the yep. cases? That's completely yep. irrelevant. The number of deaths is critical. Number of cases is critical, but not as a comparison between the two. Because of course that number is going to look much better in some places than others. Um, yeah. And so Jonathan said, no, I'm going by population. Uh, to which yep. Trump, and I wrote this down and wrote down what his, his look was, his face basically looked cheated and looked like he was dumbfounded and a deer in the headlights. He was shocked by this idea that someone would compare it to the number of, of population, not the number of cases. And then Trump, the, the best line then was Trump's response to that. So after looking like that was, you can't do that. Why can you not do How childish is that to say you can't look at, like, Donald... It's not about making you look bad. The point isn't to say Donald Trump is a failure. That's not what it's about. Unfortunately, the evidence points to you doing a shit That's job. Just, That's the byproduct. collateral damage. Exactly. But it's not the point. It's not to say you're doing a shit job. Unfortunately, you have the worst numbers on the planet. And that is your fault, yes. But it's not because of you. It's not because of you that you have the worst numbers. It's not directly linked there. It's because you've done a bad job. That's look, the at the point. end of the day, can, can you blame him for wanting to for wanting to look at a chart that makes it look like it's not as bad as it is? No, I can't. But but at the same time, as a president, you get paid or well, he doesn't get paid. But your job is yeah. to, to acknowledge whether you're doing a good enough job for the people because you don't matter. The people yeah. matter. Sidebar. I need to explain... Oh, yeah, go next time you watch the video because of course we're all going to watch it over and over it is amazing <laughs> next time you watch it the first like watch for about the first 10 seconds when he pulls the papers out and look at the papers because no 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 for the first 10 seconds when he first brings the papers out and the first two pages that he's staring at for about 10 seconds they're completely blank <laughs> There's nothing so he's on there. So he's got a bigger pile of papers than what he what he's, he. He's got all these papers. And he's looking. He's got one in each hand, looking, looking, looking. And I paused it. I'm like, I'm like I, don't, I don't see anything. Is it the angle? I thought it was the angle, but he moves his hands and there's nothing on those pages. And then he reshuffles and pulls another page out and hands that to he him. Must, oh. He must have a kind of deer in the headlights look on his face because obviously he's looking at it and going, oh, oh they're blank. Uh-oh. Um, I swear. Oh Bianca, what were you saying? I Just two regards of, of him talking about that whole stats part. That whole stats part confused me because I wasn't quite sure what statistics they were looking at mm. but then i realized they've got it per uh 10,000 population mm. whereas i know the numbers per million population mm. 
which basically to understand what they do for that is if there is a country with less than a million in their population, they inflate the number. They take a, they take it as a percentage of the million, so they'll inflate it to if it was a million. And yep. if it's something with more than a million, they'll decrease it so it is a million. Make sense? Right. Yeah, yeah. So total cases out of a million population, if every country had a million population, he's not wrong in saying that there are countries with more cases but to per million population if it were to be a million population but you have to understand they're in the top 10 and the other countries in the million population includes territories are the vatican the vatican only has a population of like less than 900 people normally they've had 12 cases so vatican is 10th per million population So the other countries that he's referencing, and, and it, it continued, Qatar, it would be first, French Guiana, which is, I have no idea, but San Marino, Chile, Kuwait, Panama, Oman, they would, they're all in the top eight. And, US is number nine and Vatican City would be 10. And, and, but, but that, that's, that's but the what, other. Yeah, the other yeah. nine are the countries with worse cases per million than them, which would mean... But the other, the other nine combined wouldn't even begin to come close to the population in, density in of the In actual numbers, yes. So yeah. in actual numbers... So it's irrelevant. Their, their total cases are probably... I'm trying to look at it now, but their total cases doing the math off the top of my head are less than what the US have. Yeah, and that so, makes sense. Yeah. Yesterday in a phone call to Drew, um, I mentioned that I think Trump is one of the worst businessmen on the planet because he statistically would be, because he's had more bankruptcies than anyone else and has had more failed business ventures than anyone else. But he is one of the best salespeople and you cannot deny him that he's a fantastic salesperson. Mm. And this here is oh, a great yeah. example as to why he's a great salesperson. Because there is a lot of, and, and he knows that he doesn't have to get everyone on board. He just has to get some people on board. And and in this case, because Bianca, you said the stat the other day, I think, I think it was you that said that if if 1% of the population of the earth liked you, you've still got like 70, bil- 70 million people or something like that, that like mm. you. Was that you? Oh, that yeah. That? Yeah. So, so yeah, again, no. so, so Trump works in that way that, that, that. He doesn't have to get everyone on board, just has to get some people. And by being a good salesperson and spinning total garbage like this, basically taking statistics, throwing them through a washing machine and having them come out the other side in a totally irrelevant, basically using semantics kind of way, having the stats come out and suddenly read in your favor, which in reality is completely pointless and means literally fuck all somehow though make you look good there's going to be some people out there there that say you know what i believe that sure that's different that's a different number to what everyone else is saying so i like that better purely for that reason because people are stupid like that i mean again trump got election elected didn't he so but again um you know people are stupid and they'll look at it that way you know anti-vaxxers exist people think that way you know, so that that's that's Trump's view is to you don't have to win over everyone, just win over like one percent, and you'll that's enough kind of thing because one percent is still enormous, um, and that's what he's doing here. Again, he's taken stats which are incredibly damning, spun them through the machine somehow, and made them come out making America look good. When you're comparing it to places like the Vatican, which have nine hundred residences, but if you scale that up to be on a per million basis. Of course it's a higher number. Of course it's a higher but, ratio. But I, I need to explain how ridiculous what he's doing is because he's actually comparing different sets of numbers. So yeah. Yeah. That yeah. that set of numbers that he's comparing in which he's like, yes, but there are countries worse off than us. They're they're the cases of again, per million. And yeah. there are they are the cases of uh Deaths per million in which, again, countries like San Marino, uh, Peru, Spain, Italy, Sweden, Chile, they all have technically 
more deaths per million than the US do, but they also have a more condensed citizenship, citizens. They don't, I, I think some of them wouldn't even have, some of the countries listed wouldn't even have a million citizens. So it doesn't square up. But then he's also talking about how they do more tests per mil, like more tests altogether, sorry. They're talking, he talks about how they do more testing than any other country. Mm. And that's the stats they're looking, but they're looking at overall stats. So if he's talking about the amount of cases per million, then you have to look at the amount of stats tests they do per million to have an actual comparison of what he's talking about, in which case he's completely wrong because yes, he's right in saying that they do more tests per like total tests. They've done 62, oh my God, I can't even say that number, (laughs) 62,402,388 tests, which is more more tests than any country at all. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at it per million, comparing it to what he's comparing it to, they've actually (laughs) only done... 188,000 tests per million people. See, so Trump's yeah, numbers... Compared... So but so, Bianca, so tr- what you're saying is, in some ways is... I'll let you finish for a second. Is, is that Trump's numbers work in his favour, but they also work against him, depending on which way you look at it. It's context. Well, he talked yeah. about Luxembourg, who have a... Hunt- no, actually, they don't even. He talk- I think someone mentioned Luxembourg. I can't remember if, who, which one it was. But in Luxembourg, they've only had 7,007 cases. Hmm. That's that's not a lot of cases. That's for their no. total amount of cases. But if you were to look at their stats per million, again, this is what Trump's doing, yeah. they've tested 979,000 per million. That's like, that's close, that's 97% that's nearly of every, their population. Yeah. Of the million population. So, like, that's that's actually testing. That's actual yeah. high testing. They yeah. have low numbers. So, uh, yeah, basically, his, his, stati- his statistics don't work. <laughs> oh, he picks and he picks and chooses it. it, it his way of comparing... It, I, the most basic way of saying it is... Let's let's take two classrooms at a school. One class has mm-hmm. thirty children. The other class has five children. The class with thirty children has ten kids off sick. The class with five children has three kids off sick. He's arguing that based on his scaling of the millions and whatever, that his class with ten children off sick is doing better than the class with three out of five off sick. Yeah. Because he has twenty students left. Because he's yeah. yeah because he's got twenty that and, are yeah, not and, sick, as opposed to two that are not. And sick. that's that's just it, though. He's using semantics and using context to skew the the results to be in his favor. Again, but it but it but it doesn't change the fact that he's had more. Yeah, people. exactly. It doesn't matter. Like he's still oh, wrong, but he's delusional. And it's not just that; it's the effort that it's taken. The fact that like, they had to work we hard saw to get those to images good. of in Italy of people sitting in their houses and playing music for each other because the entire country was like, you know what? We fucked up. We need to sit inside of our houses and we need to make sure this doesn't spread. Mm. In Greece, they had to text the government in order to leave their house to go to the shops and they did it. And I I, like Greeks are completely anti-government. They don't pay their taxes. They don't do anything, but they were like, you know what, we need to deal with this situation. We're going to actually stay at home. We're going to pay attention and listen. Every other country has done their part. Yeah. Yeah. Every other country has done their part, yet I still see Americans protesting masks and, you know, I I love the protest where it's mums who want to send their kids back to school and then there's a dude dressed up as the Grim Reaper going, yes, please send your kids back to school. Yeah. That's my favorite protest ever. Amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, my favorite moment in this interview was Trump explaining science. 
where he mm-hmm. he explains how they evolved the test and he goes that is science they call that science <laughs> I, 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 find, I well i just i just find i i the, the, yeah drew there was a point where he he goes are you ready for this jonathan oh. you ready are you ready for this let me explain it to yep. you and he, then he just starts to explain it's like what are you talking about like and, and jonathan's just like yeah go on i'm ready Yep. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Um, there was it's another when, when Jonathan breaks and smiles a couple of times. Yeah, he does, and, and even just God. That, even when you see him just he close his so eyes, hard. he just closes his eyes and goes like, like what? What? Yep. Um, again, so then this this is the point that I loved. It was um, talking about the Russian bounties on U.S. soldiers. Um, yes. So Trump basically flat out. I, I'm paraphrasing here, but basically um, the conversation went something like this. Trump said. It never reached my desk. Intelligence that didn't think it was. It never reached my desk. Intelligence didn't think it was a. It was real. To which Jonathan said, "It was in your written brief, though. Do you read your written brief?" To which Trump said, "I do." And then Jonathan I, I said, "I read my brief. It, it never made my and, desk." And Jonathan <laughs> said, "Do you?" And Trump said, "I do. I read a lot. They like to say I don't read. I comprehend extraordinarily well. Probably better than anyone you've interviewed in a very long time. I read a lot. I spend a lot of time with at meetings." Again, to repeat that line, I spend a lot of time with at meetings. Usually it's once a day or at least two or three times a week intelligence. Jonathan said, because this was apparently in your daily brief. Uh, Jonathan then said, the US troop level is roughly... Yeah, no, exactly. Uh, That doesn't make sense. But that was, was, I said the other parts were paraphrasing. That was a word for word quote. I had to watch it back a couple of times and I got it word for word. Um, moving a little bit further along then to the idea of troop numbers in um, Afghanistan yes. Jonathan said that US troop level is roughly the same as it was when, no you're wrong said Trump, cutting off Jonathan um, no you're wrong Jonathan looks shocked and confused Mr. President, I'm sorry and then blah 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 blah, blah. they went on and, and basically compared numbers against semantics and then Jonathan said okay, you started at 8,800 that's when you took took over. You boosted yep. the numbers to fourteen thousand, and now it's back yep. down to eight thousand five hundred. Trump then said, "We're now, we'll soon be at four thousand. And then Jonathan said, "Oh, when?" And then so Trump said, when. "So then Trump said, very soon, very soon." And Jonathan said, "Very soon, four thousand. Like how soon?" To which Trump said, "I don't want to tell you that." Then, so then, yeah. So then, Jonathan said, "Why? It's big news." And Trump looked at him with a very confused face again and said, "What's big news?" And then Jonathan said, "That you're sending the troops home." Um, now, once again, moving along to um, the election. Where, where do you think we'll? How, how many at election time? What? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, ex- basically on the election. So, so you know, how many will there be at election time? And and. He said 4,000, 5,000, and Trump said... Six and a half. Yeah, Trump, Trump just didn't really have anything committal to say on that. I do. I'd, I'd like to think about this six and a half thousand. Yeah, it's like, why don't you just be specific? What's the, what's the issue with being specific? Yeah. I um, um, wrote one of the quotes from when he's talking about Russia, where he goes, Yes, I have heard of that. It never reached my desk. <laughs> yeah, like exactly. Like, it did we, reach your desk, though. It's common like, knowledge because your briefings it? get released. You know what? Like, next time, next time I get asked if I've done something, I'm just gonna go. It never reached my desk. No, no. You know what you can say, Drew. You know what you can say. You can say, yeah, I know all about it, but it, but it never reached my desk, so I don't know anything about it. Did you get the dishes done? I I, I, I know about desk. it. It never reached my yeah, desk. It never reached my desk. <laughs> I don't know anything about it. Um, so now let's move quickly onto a quote that, or a, co- a conversation that happened on the election. You know, basically there's the big talk in the yep. US about uh, mail-in voting, how Donald yep. Trump thinks it is the most corrupt system of all time, despite the fact that he uses it, um, despite the fact that during World War II, US troops used it, um, the fact that it is a lot of states in the US do currently use it and there's no issues with it. But anyway. Um, Wait, the fact that he said it's a new thing that's, just being developed well, he, now. That's, that's the but quote. But it's that's been the, around since. Ah, uh, sorry. No, that's that's the start of my quote. It goes: We have a new thing, a new phenomenon. It's called mail-in voting. Jonathan says, "New." It's been around since the Civil War. Trump then says, "It's it's new in terms of the millions and millions of people that are going to be doing it." And Jonathan said, "So not new, bigger." And Trump said, "Not bigger, massively bigger." And then Jonathan said, "Yeah, so bigger." Um, Trump then explained the way the system works completely incorrectly. 
They send out ballots to everyone. Jonathan said, no, they send out applications to everyone. Trump then said, they send out ballots to people that have been dead for seven years, referencing a friend of his that whose son had died seven years ago um, and got a application, not a ballot, an application to sign up for mail-in voting um, in the mail. Um, and then uh, Jonathan said they sent out applications, reinforcing the fact that um, they sent out applications, not ballots. And Trump said, there's no problem with absentee voting. You have to fill in a form. So he's happy with absentee voting. Um, the Republican Party is massive on absentee voting. And in fact, um, someone from Trump's campaign trial has actually been doing um, phone calls to to Republican members his, about... His, his daughter-in-law. Yeah, his daughter-in-law. That his do... daughter-in-law's been doing robocalls. Exactly. So you can do it. Like, the Republican Party is in favour of absentee voting. But anyway... Um, they're also in favour... Was it absentee voting? I thought he said mail voting. No, it was... They were in favour for, for absentee voting and thought that it was an okay thing. Um, no, you are right. They did... Jonathan made the point of the fact that that's that his, his sister-in-law, whatever it was, or whoever it was, daughter-in-law... Daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law was doing the robocalling um, because Republicans are historically in favour and currently in favour of, of mail-in voting. So you are correct on that, Bianca. Um, mm. Jonathan made the point then to challenge Trump on the fact that the absentee voting has a form to fill out and saying it's the same form for mail-in voting. It's the same form. They sent out applications, not ballots, to, to try and stop Trump one more time, to which Trump then came back with, once again, they send out ballots to anyone. And it's like, Donald... Just because you're saying the same thing, you're wrong. They don't. They send out applications. Yeah, and and you know, uh, it's just a joke. I mean, obviously they spoke about that that topic for a little while, but I just that's all I got. From oh, it. It they talk about it for a while because Trump goes into the story of, about his dear friend who the seven um, the, de- the son that's been dead for seven years that received the form yeah. of the mail. I mean, we know that that's a thing that exists, but again, it's not ballots; yeah. it's applications, and it's because someone else hasn't done the paperwork to say that they are dead. It's the I, same I, I did a, form, though, Drew. It's the same form yeah. that you can download yeah. online. It's just that they know yeah. that if someone signed up for absentee voting or mail-in voting, you get yeah. the application form to confirm you're still in for that. It's online. I, the, I, I, I appreciate the point Trump was trying to make with that, but... It, but, his, but his stats aren't it, right it and his facts no, are wrong. Yeah, yeah it, it, it held no consequence in the end. Hmm. Um... It's, it's taken me a while to think about this, but I finally pegged what interview this interview reminded me forcibly of. And it it felt like the Andrea Canning, Charlie Sheen interview that we all remember, the, the winning interview. Uh, I, oh well, my it, God. Well, it, it reminds me of a different interview. It reminds me of an interview which a now current um, HBO stablemate, John Oliver... Um, did with Philip, not Philip Roddick. Uh, I can't remember his, his last name. Um, the, a, the, a, the NRA guy. Exactly, the NRA, NRA guy um, in which <laughs> John Oliver came in with all these stats and statistics in a very similar way to Jonathan, very happy for it to be yeah. quite conversational, you know, kind yes. of um, guessing yes. or, or, or preempting some of his responses, <laughs> Philip's responses to things like, for example, um, put your hand up if you're going to assume if something is a conflict of um, or in breach of your Second Amendment rights, kind of thing, and he was kind of preempting, pre- yeah, preemptively kind of challenging that or, or acknowledging that. Um, but they just got so kind of conversational and almost in it into a debate. But there yeah. was never kind of really any hatred or like this interview's over. The interview kept until, going until John Oliver twisted him and he goes, "Yes, yes." That's my point. <laughs> That's my point. <laughs> um, let's get this show on the road, shall we? Let's let's try and wrap it up quite soon. I think we'll get to Ellen DeGeneres next week or even the week after. We'll talk about her at some point well, in the future. Maybe do a feature episode on her. Maybe I think. by then we'll uh, understand. We'll what's hopefully going have some more answers her. then. Yeah we'll, yeah, we'll try and have yeah. some more answers. Um, my last point, you guys, if you have any final points, basically my last point will be on the Ghislaine Maxwell, um, obviously um, Epstein's girlfriend. Kind of part where basically Jonathan. <laughs> oh, that said, was so weird. I forgot yeah. about that, but that so was Jonathan, just the weirdest. Jonathan basically, oh, yeah, man. he challenged and said, "You wished her well." What do you mean by that? And Trump said, "Yeah, I wish her well." Her boyfriend was yeah, killed or committed well. suicide in jail. Jonathan said, "She's arrested on child sex trafficking charges. Why would you wish someone like her well?" And Trump said, "I don't know that." 
And Jonathan said, what do you mean you don't know that? That's public knowledge. We know that's happening. And he said, I'd wish anyone well that was going into a jail where their partner was killed or committed suicide in jail. So I do wish her well. And it's like, Donald, you fucking idiot. Stop digging the hole. I enjoyed the the fact that Trump was very open about the fact that he clearly believed Epstein could have been killed. Like he, he didn't yeah. he didn't just say, oh, where he committed suicide. It was how am I to know he, he could have been murdered in Exactly. There. <laughs> exactly. Uh Bianca, your final points on the interview? I just thought it was I thought it was a great interview. Um and very glad that Jonathan Swan is a Sydney cider and representing us well. Um yes, good man. But like I don't know. I wrote so many no- notes and it was just so ridiculous that I, I don't know where to start with it or finish with it, obviously, but yeah. Well, well, just quickly, Drew, before you have your final point, uh, maybe we go back, we, we swing back around to this next week and do a part two on this interview. Um, the following week, we may be looking at doing I, a Last of Us part two so. review. Finally, might have that for you. Not next week, the week after, we're thinking. Um, so perhaps next Please week. give me two weeks to play the game. Exactly. And Please I would like, I do weeks. want to replay it again, so I will try and replay play it again in that time, as painful as it's going to be. I but, do not. Yeah, but see, I will probably be skipping a lot of the cutscenes and playing a lot of the gameplay. But maybe we talk well, more I, about this. I have I have to go out to EB and get it, so yeah. please give me two weeks. So so <laughs> perhaps we'll, we'll next week swing back, talk more about this interview, maybe the second half of the interview. There wasn't much more to go, but nonetheless, second half of this interview and a little bit more on Ellen DeGeneres yeah. and anything else that comes to light. Drew, your final points on this? Um, okay, so I got to the end of the video at four o'clock this morning. Thank you for pushing me to watch it. I'm You're very welcome. glad I did. Um, my overarching thought at the end of it and all day today was you couldn't script something like that. It was the definition of stranger than fiction. Yeah. It just, it blew me away. I I just want to watch it again and again because I was fascinated at the dichotomy of both of them and and the relationship between them as mm. interviewer and interviewee that you could study that interview it just fascinated me and i could talk about it for hours it yeah it was really interesting and it was so much about nothing and yet it was so interesting to it was about it. nothing but it at the same time was about everything and fascinating exactly and, and it was very telling mm. i think that that interview, especially the, as stupid as this sounds, but the interview where you see Trump, the edit, sorry, where Trump is debating with himself. Mm. And I said this jokingly when you sent this to me, that it looks like you're literally seeing the inner workings of Trump's mind. Mm. But that video where, that whole interview, you can see his inner workings because he contradicts himself because he goes back on statements because he... Yeah. just rambles in circles and it's just it's fascinating to watch on that part like psychologically what is going on with him but mm. i think one of my favorite oh, things really is, is when he was talking about um uh the like how he was had the highest rating in history on fox yeah it's like what's his, the point what, what's irrelevant and it came out in out like out of nowhere. Like I'm I'm just reading it. It was in between something about COVID. Like it was just they were talking about the fact that he had unmasked mm. people at his thing, and he's like, "Yeah, and guess what? I had the highest ratings on Fox." And then he's it's like, like it, "It is what it is." Uh, uh, he, he said it, he said it was the most viewers of a program on Fox ever. Which by yeah, the way, for a Saturday true. night, no, mm. definitely not true. But uh, the final it, episode it, of Mash. Yeah, I just think it is a great interview to see the inner workings of his mind because he can constantly twist mm. it back to about himself in yeah. this in the most roundabout ways. Um, I guess because we'll skip Ellen for next week, um, mm. we should move to our sick Kent of the week, uh, followed by our what the quote. Um, yep. Our sick Kent of the week. Look, to be honest, I think at this stage, yes, I know that Beirut is is catastrophic. My nomination, though, is for Jonathan Swan and this interview. I agree. I agree, but like hard, hard pat on the back for like all the people who found the pets in Beirut. No, absolutely honorable mention. Absolute honorable mention. Of 
Of course. Um, and perhaps they are in and, the running for next week, of course. And hopefully next week we'll have a bit more of an update on what's going exactly. on. There. Exactly. Exactly right. Um, okay. Um, now, what was last week's quote? Where was it from? Bianca? Oh. Oh, what was last week's quote? <laughs> Drew, do, do you want to... <laughs> do you want to... <laughs> I wrote it down somewhere. Hold on. That's... <laughs> yeah, please hold. <laughs> I genuinely have no idea where I put it. Drew, do you want to deliver it? Well, not last week's one. I'm going to deliver this week's one. Okay, last week's one was... I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to uh, get it out properly. Pardon my French, but you're an asshole. That's right. Oh my god, how could I forget it? I just how fa- could you forget that? I can't. Like, what the how hell? Could you? Anyway, I just Bianca? found the notes as well. Like, no joke. As you were saying it, I found the notes. B- Bianca, um, uh, from it is obviously from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. <laughs> okay, Drew. <laughs> Go for this week's one. We right. have no guesses on last week's one, but go for this week's one. I have this week's one. It is an exchange between two people, so I, I won't split it. I will just read the quote yeah. as it is. We have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. That is the quote. If you know what Was that's that from... just Donald Trump? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> extra clue for those of you that have listened to the entire episode we have actually mentioned where this quote came from in this episode okay well there you go everyone um a little bit of a yeah. clue for you make sure you listen back through the episode and have a look out listen out for that um yep. reach out to us on any, any sort of platform that you want to or can to let us know what you think that quote is from if you can be bothered bianca thank you as always thank you philip drew, drew. Well, thank you, Drew, as always, and thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Bianca. Thank you, Philip. Until we meet again in one week from now, audience, yeah. <laughs>